A young woman people can't stop talking about. Go Taylor. Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift. Yes, Taylor Swift. 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 Ish. What just happened? It's another episode of Swiftish with your hosts Shelby and Ashley. Hi, welcome back. <laughs> yeah, we're on episode five. I know it's crazy how like fast it's happened. Time flies. I know, and it it feels like we haven't had a lot to talk about because we've only had the two songs, and yet we're five episodes deep. But with I Taylor, think... there's always something to talk about. I know she gives us the goods. She gives us the goods. Uh, speaking of giving us the goods. UPS has this uh, partnership with Taylor, and they are the ones who will be delivering the goods yes. to our house. Yes, I know, and it's exciting because I remember it was just a few days ago, maybe over the weekend, UPS released this like weird promo video about the relationship, like showing fans freaking out about their Taylor Swift trucks, and there was this really weird song in the background that felt sort of like... I don't know, just, like, house pop. Like, it was just nonsensical noise. And I, like... Rave music. Yeah. I, like, texted you, and I was like, this has to be something. And yeah. you were like, nah, it's it doesn't sound real. <laughs> I was like, that sounds very weird and not like Taylor. Yeah, I know. I was like, I don't necessarily want it to be a Taylor song, because it does sound so weird, but I was like, it wouldn't make sense for them to do a promo video... Without her. Without her song. And as we've learned... I underestimate Taylor, uh, like, ready for <laughs> I underestimated yeah. her, but there is always a reason behind everything yeah. she does, a symbol behind everything in this marketing period for Yeah, her. she's thinking through all the details, because they didn't even, like, promote it that loudly. I mean, maybe just because UPS doesn't have a great YouTube following, but it had, like, 17 views at the first, and it was just, like... Did anyone really care about this video? But then someone on Twitter slowed down the song. And it's much different than we thought at first. It still sounds it weird. It still sounds a little weird. But I think it's like, it has to be like the chorusy background part of what the is song. It, what does it say? Well, so it's like an echoey, supposed Taylor singing, rip off the page, rip yeah. off the page, rip off the page. <laughs> Which I was kind of thinking, rip off the page... It could be some kind of nod to, like, ripped from the front page, yeah. like, front news. You know, maybe it's a reference to the media. And yeah. Taylor always sells stories. Yeah. Always. She's always clickbait. <laughs> so yes. I don't know, maybe if that's a reference to the media. I know. I feel like this album's going to be heavy, like, sticking it to the media. Definitely. She has a bone to pick with them, to be sure. If it is a song, I can't wait till I actually hear I know. the real one, because <laughs> it was slowed down, and it still sounded weird, and it like, was. Rip off the page, rip off the page. <laughs> it was really weird, and maybe it's not a Taylor song. I mean, it feels like it has to be, but it's been unconfirmed, so we yeah. don't know. A lot of things are unconfirmed, just like the fact that she might be on Victoria's Secret <laughs> yeah. runway, that's unconfirmed yeah. too. So uh, the thing is that she's not giving us any she's not giving us any confirmation of anything. But you also told me about an interesting rumor you heard. What? About the Ready For It getting a music video. Oh yes, our lovely sorry. <laughs> we already forgot. <laughs> I already forgot. There's so much like I have so much anxiety over Taylor Swift right now. I know. That there's so much that I hear. So yeah, so I heard that she's gonna instead of, you know, releasing a single, she's going to be releasing a music video for Ready For It. 
Which is interesting. It's very interesting because this was supposed to be a promotional single. Usually yeah. promotional singles don't get a music video. Right. So this confused me. I know. I, <laughs> we were texting back and forth. I was like, well, what the heck is the difference between an official single and a promoted single? I really don't know. I, I'll taste explain this to yeah. you because I <laughs> yeah. looked it up. And something I read said that a promo single is literally meant for promo to hype up for the album. Most of the time, these singles don't get sent to the radio, but they sometimes get a video and performances, but it's just to hype up the album. Official singles are, official singles, so like, look what you made me do, are able to chart on charts, and they mostly get a video, and they get lots of promotion. <sighs> However, I was a little bit confused, because Ready For It is on yeah, the radio. It I've is heard on it on the radio. radio. Um, we'll probably get a music video, according to our Twitter yeah. source. <laughs> And it's already top 20 on the yeah. Billboard 100. But if you look at how how she laid out the first two singles she dropped, Look What You Made Me Do, she promoted Look yeah. what, what You Made Me Do. She, a long time. People were ready for it. They were, yeah. like, amped <laughs> up. They were, they knew it was coming. And yeah. they knew when it was coming because of all the clues she was giving. Yeah. However, ready for it, she didn't do any promotion yeah. for it. She gave a hint the day before. So ready for it has been promoting her album. So that's right. the difference. Like, you promote your single, and that's an official single. If your single is doing more promotion for you than you for it. Yeah. So yeah. is it, so uh, if it gets a music video, will it still just yes. be a promo no. single? So, like, they can, like, other songs that she's done in the past, as soon as she drops, like, a music video for right. it, that'll be her, that'll be an official an announcement. Single. Yeah. Yes, it'll be an official single. Okay. It might have been the second song that she dropped, but say that. It was the music video was made like after like two more singles were dropped, right. and it would officially become like the fourth single. Okay, which is strange. I know it's a weird People, world. <laughs> I don't understand it. Yeah, everyone thinks that October thirteenth is on a Friday, which oh. is like this big oh, day. Yeah. Everyone thinks she's gonna drop a single. That's true. Then. But our source, who has so much r- right, right, said it. It wasn't going to drop. Curious. 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 It's just hard to guess what's coming next. And I think Taylor's being very unpredictable right now, which we've talked about. And I think it is unique to this era because before she was like a machine, like the 1989 era, you know, that just started off so clean and like everything just rolled out so perfectly. Everything was great. Like planned out to the max. Everyone kind of knew what was going on because she gave so many hands and people were prepared. Right. Well, I mean, this is back when Taylor, you know, like Clockwork, released a new album every two years. So the Red Tour didn't even end until June 2014. Oh, wow. But by early August, she was teasing her next album. I had no break. I know. <laughs> I know. She had no break. She yeah. was a machine. Yeah, and I mean, back in 2013, she admitted that she had half the songs ready to record for her new album. August 18th rolled around, and she just happened to have a little live stream in New York City where she announced the Shake It Off as a single and premiered the 1989 album cover art and sort of talked about how it was you know, it was full pop, it was inspired by 80s music, and all about, like, she just liked that bright colors, and the rebellion, and the endless possibility associated with that decade, and felt like it was a good opportunity to, like, announce her rebirth as an artist by using her birth year. It was such a different sound, and then the promotional period was just, everyone was ready for Lou Taylor. Yeah. She was just go, go, go. I know, it was like, you had 
the secret sessions all through September where she had people at her houses in Nashville and New York and LA, Rhode Island, London, and she would just play the album for all her fans there. And then those fans were talking about how great it was, and then she was teasing some of the songs. But you didn't actually get a single until October 14th, which was Out of the Woods. Out of the Woods. Out of the Woods. (laughs) Which we'll get into, for sure. And then the other single she released was Welcome to New York. So it was fun, because when Taylor released 22, I was turning 22. And when Taylor released Welcome to New York, I had just moved to New York. So I was like, she is stalking me. Like, this is getting personal, and I love it. I feel like a lot of fans feel like she's oh, stopping them. <laughs> Not only Tay Lurking, but so many of her songs. I feel like this album was a couple years behind me. Yeah. But everything she wrote about, I was like, oh my gosh, like two years ago. Yeah. You're like, that was oh, me. That yeah. was me. So when she was writing relate. those songs, yeah. she was like writing about my <laughs> life in real time. I know. And it was great. And I think, you know, it was a fun album because this was the one where she worked really closely. I mean, Max Martin was an executive producer and then her collaborators included Shellback and Ryan Tedder and, of course, Jack Antonoff. Jack Antonoff. And so it was a very, like, synth, pop, electronic, 80s vibe. Yes. And everyone, like, dug it, you know? Everyone liked it. It was, like, different than everything that was out there, and it felt fresh and new and creative. Yeah. And I think Taylor had gotten a lot of flack in the Red Era, but 1989, people immediately loved her. Like, like, immediately. to her. Yeah. It was, like, such a different time to be a Swifty because, I mean, usually the media is, like, our enemy number one. Mm-hmm. But now they were writing articles about how Taylor Swift is the greatest pop princess in the history of the world and, like, oh, gosh. everything she does is wonderful and, OMG, look at what she's wearing, look at who she's hanging out with. Like, it was just so much Taylor love. And I loved it. While it lasted. While, and it was <laughs> such a short period. I know. It was such a short period. A and I, period. Why do you think it, it ended and went down so hard and so fast? Do it you was think a it was perfect fast, storm. Or do you yeah. think it was just a lot of things happening? I think it happened quickly. The tides turn on Taylor <laughs> regularly. That's something she's used to. But you could say, you know, things fell apart in the usual way because it was just... A series of unfortunate events, I think. And at first, it wasn't. Like, 2014 to 2015, everything was great. Like, her tour was so she had successful. A few yeah. She had a few hiccups. Like, for instance, when she released both of her music videos, mm-hmm. Shake oh, It yeah. Off, and Wildest Dreams, there were some people who yeah. were fighting back against her. Yeah, Shake It Off got the cultural appropriation. Yeah, because <laughs> she had, she was dancing with hip-hop dancers who were twerking, yeah. and a lot of people, a few select people thought it was offensive and it was yeah. harmful for its like portrayal of black yeah. stereotypes. Yeah. And then you have the same thing with Wildest Dreams. It was set in Africa, and people think they're romanticizing white colonialism. And there were no black people in the video in Africa. Yeah. So, yeah, it was... Those are definitely, like, moments where... (laughs) I felt like they were a little unfair, but I can also see the argument, but it felt more like they just needed something to pick on. Mm -hmm. 
whatever. <laughs> we don't need to get too it. into it. Yeah. But with Shake It Off, she was dancing in multiple different yeah. ways. Yeah. And it's, it's something that, she, that criticism she shook off. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, perfect. But I mean, it was like a new Taylor and she was much more woke, you know? I think that's why people liked her more is she adopted like feminism. She like called out sexism in interviews and was much more open about how she'd been single and she like took time for herself and she was more of a girl's girl and she had her whole friend group and her squad yeah her squad (laughs) goals and I think it was like Taylor was loving life because people were finally like accepting her and she was out and about in her crop tops and skater skirts and looking fabulous and having the best life yeah. So after it was downhill things, from there. Yeah. It was downhill. Let's get into yeah. it. Yeah. Because, okay, so 2014 to 2015, she's pretty much great. Everyone loves her except for those little hiccups in the music videos. And then 2015 in July, Nicki Minaj aired some frustrations about the VMA, the VMA nominations. nominations. Yes. Which I understand her oh, frustrations. Yeah. Definitely. You know, she wasn't nominated for Video of the Year. You know, Taylor, Ed, Beyonce, Bruno Mars, and Mark Ronson were. Yeah. I understand why she was so upset she wasn't nominated because her Anaconda video, that broke records. Oh, it was a huge Most deal. Most viewed in 24 hours. Before, ta- before yeah. Look What You Made Me Do... <laughs> People viewed it in 24 hours 19.6 million times. And it was just kind of shocking that it wasn't nominated for an award. So she was a little upset. So she tweeted, if your video celebrates women with very slim bodies, you'll be nominated for video of the year. Yeah. And Taylor came at her for that, which is unfortunate. She stuck her foot in her mouth a little and was like, oh, that's rude. I've always supported you. Like, maybe one of the men took your spots, which was not the point that Nicki Minaj was making. No, she said, I didn't say anything about you. I love you, but you should not speak on this. Yeah, which is fair because clearly it wasn't like her pitting women against women. It was her calling out an industry that refuses to recognize women of color. And Taylor just didn't think of that before. No, she didn't. She was on the defense, and so she even apologized after a couple tweets back and forth, and she said she thought she was being called out. She missed the point. She misunderstood, and she misspoke. And she said, I'm sorry, Nikki. And of course... Which was very mature. Yeah, which was very, very mature. You know, Nikki... Nikki accepted it, and Uh then the surprise performance of the VMAs. (laughs) The surprise that wasn't a surprise. Wrapped it up. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, and I was reading an article. um, One time, someone asked her about the Nicki Minaj beef, and Taylor was like, yeah, I definitely, like, realize now that the best thing to do in those situations is to just call the person. If there's a problem, get in touch with the person, because there's no need to go through the internet to do that. And that is a lesson we can all learn from. Yes. Yes, and there's no need to blast it on social yeah. media where, like, millions of your best friends are right. viewing it and are commenting on it, too. Yes. So, contextually, 1989, last show was December 2015. But Taylor was still... She's was, in the limelight. Yeah. She's still so much very there, and a lot of it has to do with who she was hanging out with, right. who she was dating, where she was going. And just the awards she was still yes. up for. Like, she timed it so that she was... She was nominated for two years of Grammys. Like, it was 
It was a lot of Taylor. And so I think people started to to kind of nitpick about Taylor's choices. And there's just a lot about how, you know, she was bad for feminism or she wasn't actually that cool of a girl. She was just a mean girl. In there's sheep's a clothing. Lot. Yeah. Regina George <laughs> yeah. in sheep's clothing. That's right. So things started to turn as... 2015 ended and 2016 opened and it just was like yes. insane how quickly it, it went down. It was crazy. It just like 2016 like welcomed her with like <laughs> like a bitch slap. A bitch slap. <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah. Because in February of 2016 you had famous release. That happened. Grammys were just a few days later and Taylor made her infamous speech. It was a great speech. Yeah. And she looked so beautiful in that dress. Can I just derail the conversation to say that? Because I loved it. But the point is that she gave this speech, and it was a beautiful speech. A lot of people loved it until, like, the next day or two when Kanye was like, I called her, I gave her, like, the chance to approve this song, and she straight up threw me under the bus. So that was, like, a big no one knew who to trust yeah because it's basically he said she said yeah and it was at a point where people were more willing to believe taylor's they were, fake taylor's calculating they were taylor's. ready to pull her down yeah. they were yeah. they were ready to pull her down yeah she got to a point where she just seemed too perfect yeah she seemed too perfect things were going too well for her mm-hmm. and when that happens people they want to see you fall yeah it's the nasty part of humanity but and it's true while during all this too she also had the break with calvin i know so they broke up in june yeah and then pretty much immediately after she was caught canoodling with tom hiddleston so it seemed a little fishy a lot of people were really like sketched out because you had in march i think february march was the, the gala that she mm-hmm. hosted and she was dancing with him yeah. Well, it was way. actually May. Um, but she was dancing with him. Yeah. Really awkward. It wasn't anything sexual, but she was <laughs> yeah. dancing with him. And then come June, she's dating him. Yeah. Right like after hardcore she, dating. Right after she ended a serious relationship with someone. Yeah. He like, could have been her rebound, but it was really sketchy. And people, even, even Swifties who were loyal and hard, didn't know how to take it. Yeah, they were like, whoa. <laughs> So they dated from about June to August, and there was a lot of drama around that relationship because, you know, they were so out there for the cameras. People were like, wow, this must be a PR stunt. Like, it's too perfectly photographed. Like, clearly this is either for a music video or for, like, to help Tom Hiddleston get a role or something. Or to take the limelight off of what was going on with Kim and Taylor and Kanye because around that same time... Mm -hmm. Kim was saying, I have videos. Yeah. I have proof my husband's not crazy. He asked for permission. Yeah. So during that time, I thought maybe she was just trying to make a splash. Right. So people were noticing a dip- something, else. something else besides what? <laughs> Complaining about something yes. more frivolous, yes. maybe. Because, yes. yeah, Kim, Kim was out there promoting her upcoming season and started saying that there's proof. And she was, she wishes she could show it because it would prove Kanye was... Kanye was cool and Taylor was fake. Mm-hmm. And so everyone was like, whoa, And around, around that same time, he, Kanye released a music video where yeah. we saw a fake Taylor naked. Well, so gross. So it wasn't a great summer for Taylor, even though she was, you know, out traveling the world with her hot new thing. Well, I, I don't know if Calvin... 
approved yeah, of how Kevin fast did not approve how fast she moved on. You yeah. know, it was he, Taylor Swift was outed as you know Niall Somberg, right? And you know wanted to take credit for some of her songs. Well, because Calvin was being such a baby about this breakup, and. What I read was, first of all, Taylor didn't say that she was the songwriter. Someone broke the news. And then Taylor's camp was like, okay, yeah, it is real. That's all they said. They didn't say Calvin sucks at songwriting or he didn't have a hand in it. They just said, yeah, this rumor is real. And Calvin went off. Oh, he did. He did a... I don't even know how many... Tweets he tweeted. It was too many. <laughs> but he said, he said, I figure if you're happy in your new relationship, you should focus on something else instead of trying to tear your ex-boyfriend <laughs> down for something to do. He wrote a follow-up tweet. that w- This tweet was liked 3,000 times. <laughs> Within 30 minutes, it was tweeted. And he said, I know you're off your tour, and you need <laughs> something new to try and bury like Katie, etc., but I'm not that guy. I won't allow it focus on the positive aspects of your life because you've earned a great one god bless <laughs> oh, beautiful it day. is just like so condescending and it was so funny because it started complimentary like before those tweets he was like yeah taylor did help she wrote the song lyrics she, but i did all this bit, yeah. yeah he was like i did this and this and this and then it was end like it. End and it, then end he end was it. like he snapped and he's like boohoo like you have a new boyfriend and i'm mad about it and i'm gonna like call you out what was interesting was a katie perry like reply yeah. to it <laughs> yeah you know? and some did. of some of taylor's squad members i know liked the negative tweets this is when i knew things weren't looking great for swift it was like it was a bad bad time for her yeah. because it was like that this is when the taylor swift is over party started was with calvin's tweets and you know Nicki minaj and katie perry both kind of liked some tweets that were unflattering towards mm-hmm, taylor mm-hmm. and it felt like people were like foaming at the mouth like thinking yes we finally got her we finally have it and then for perfect the icing storm. on the cake perfect storm <laughs> kim kardashian it just in time for her show's premiere fyi releases the video of Kanye and Taylor's phone conversation. And that was a wild ride. <laughs> what were you, th- were you thinking at the time? I honestly thought it was just a wonderful bit of drama. I mean, to me, I recognize that Taylor would get hate for it, and maybe rightfully so. Like, she, in her original statement regarding the song, she, she said she had no idea, and then a couple months into it, they were like, okay, he did call, they did have a conversation, but she didn't approve the final lyrics. And then you hear him kind of sharing some of the lyrics, and you're like, oh, Taylor, you should have handled this differently. And then she came out, and she had said that she didn't approve of the bitch lyric. Right, yeah. And then she wanted to be removed from the narrative. Yeah, (laughs) excluded from the narrative. (laughs) Excluded from the narrative. (laughs) Yeah, so it wasn't great. And that was the Taylor Swift is over party. It was National Snake Day. It was this horrible, (laughs) just crucifixion of Taylor's but character. like Taylor does in every aspect of her life, she made something so sour <laughs> into something sweet. Yeah. This is how we got Look What You Need to. <laughs> this is where we got, like, the snakes and yeah. the hisses and her, like, awesome, badass music video. Yeah, she's gonna she's gonna call all of them out. And most of all, she's gonna call the media out. Not mm. for... Not for turning on her as in, like, how dare you think so little of me, but as in, you guys are so fake, and you're you're calling me out for things that aren't real. 
And, like, some of these controversies were worth talking about, and in a lot of ways she did address them and try to apologize for them. But the thing, like you were saying, is these people wanted to see her fall, and they wanted to see her fail. And we she talked, died. Yeah. Which, she's dead. She's dead. Which <laughs> kind of it. brings us in to how we have the first character in the Look What You Made Me Do yes, video. We're not going to talk about Look What You Made Me Do. No, we talked about that. in the first episode. Go back and listen to it if you haven't. But that's where... Yeah, this is the crux of our episode yes. because who opens Look What You Made Me Do but our very own Out of the Woods Taylor from 1989. Yep, the so, dead. you know, what is so important about Out of the Woods? How come she's the like one of the few Taylors that didn't die. <laughs> well, to be fair. That well, Taylor she did die. Did die. She just... <laughs> She's resurrected. Resurrected in a zombie-esque form. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but she's still around. So she is. I think Out of the Woods is such an interesting song in Taylor's discography, and I think it's one that the fans are sort of split on. I think some people really love it, and some people are like, meh. It yeah. wasn't great. <laughs> yeah. I, I, so you love it. You, I you do. like it. I do. I love it. I think it's one of my, honestly, one of my top ten Taylor songs. <laughs> Which if is because I'm more of a pop person than country, so like a lot of her early albums just don't really They don't do it, do it for, it for you. So there's not as much One thing that our listeners couldn't say, see was that I was shaking my head. Yeah. Very vigorously. <laughs> when you said it was one of the top ten. I know. I think Taylor loved this song. She even, when she announced it as a single, she said it was one of her favorites off the album. And it was an important one through the era because, you know, it was the last directed music video. You had New Romantics come out after it, but that was just the tour video. Yeah. So this was like the, the final video tying together her 1989 era. It was also the last performance she did at the Grammys. She sang this song. And the music video also, interestingly enough, closes with the closing line from her Hidden Messages. And it's the closing line she uses on the tour, so it's sort of this theme of the era, which is she lost him, but she found herself, and somehow that was everything. Which was a sequel to I Knew You Were Trouble. Yeah. Because she says... Um, was that the end of the Trouble video no, or it's the, beginning? In the beginning? It says the worst part of it wasn't losing him. It was, it was losing, losing me. Yeah. And obviously, it's important to note that um, this song is about the same person I Knew You Were Trouble yeah. was so about. I Knew Your Trouble <laughs> basically was about Harry Styles. Yeah. Because she has this flirtation with Harry Styles mm-hmm. during this time, and he just kind of, like, leaves her. You yeah, know, so just, this was... I Knew You Were Trouble is from Red, and it was written back in, like, 2012, I guess. And she sort of teased it, because right after they... Right after she sort of was hanging out with him in early 2012, she tweeted the lyrics from what will be I Knew You Were Trouble. So it's like, everyone accepts that I Knew You Were Trouble is the only Harry Styles song on Red. Yes. And 1989 comes out, and... Harry Styles was her only relationship between Red and All this. over 1989. So he's, yeah, he's the star of 1989. He's the star. <laughs> so where you would have Jake, the star of Red. Right. You have Harry, yes. the star of 1989. Yeah, but in a different way, because clearly Red was, like, a lot of heartbreak. Heart, she couldn't, yeah, like, angst figure and... out. Yeah, and this was much more, it sort of took on a, like, a lot of the songs had pieces of Harry in them, but it felt almost more like an archetype of all sorts of relationships Mm -hmm. or little moments rather than specific details, except 
out of the woods. Let's go through, because um, maybe some people aren't familiar with Harry's and Harry's oh, yeah. relationship. Yeah, no, so we, we need can, to talk about we this. We can go through <laughs> it a little bit. So, like we've talked about, they had a flirtation in 2012. Yeah. Where she was obviously left a little jaded. Yeah. And it's funny, she was 22 at the time, and he was 18. In 2012? Yeah. I think she kind of had it was done with older men. Yeah. <laughs> she turned her attention to I think she was done that. with older men. She was jaded by John and Jake. Yeah. And so she... She'd been used and abused. Yeah, and so she went you know, for the younger men who she could maybe, uh, you know, form to her own <laughs> advantage. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? Um, so she was 22, and he was 18 when they started dating again. Mm-hmm. And... It, people loved it. Because yeah. you had the One Direction fans <laughs> who were, like, all about Harry Styles. And then you had the Swifties who were all about Taylor. And so it's such big fandoms. Oh, but this the One Direction, what is their fan name? I don't even know. They hated. They hated they it. They hated Taylor. Taylor. They hated they were, it. Because they were jealous. Yeah. <laughs> they were all tweens that were jealous. And I remember, like, I was literally in a, like, a thrift shop one day right when this relationship was happening. And there were these little girls, I guess they were like 14, and they were whispering about Taylor Swift and Harry and how Taylor Swift was just trying to ruin Harry's life. And like, Taylor Swift is so fake and she doesn't even love Harry. And honestly, (laughs) it's just a fake relationship and Harry's going to get his heart broken. And that was like the first I'd heard about them being together. And I was like, oh, wow, (laughs) people don't like them. So ironically enough, so his fans were saying that mm-hmm. his friends were saying the exact same thing to him. Oh, really? His fans were saying that they didn't think this was going to last. They didn't Aww. think that it was going to go anywhere. Yeah. So he, he had it coming from his fans, and he had it coming from his friends. Yeah. This was it a was dude a, relationship. It, when your friends, you, yeah. But you know they had some bright moments. Yeah. In their their small dating, you know career, I guess. Yeah. Uh, I guess. Yeah. So they went public in Central Park in 2012? Yes. And there, you have in those December. photos. December. Yeah. And you have those photos, those they sweet, sweet happy. photos. <laughs> they made it to her birthday. He showed up on her birthday. Yeah. One for He didn't call. Styles. Yeah. He didn't break up with her on yeah. her birthday. But it all leads us to January where things just took a sad, sad turn. Yes. That's where we kind of see her in her infamous blue dress. Yeah. She's sitting on the it. boat. In a v-neck, sleeveless, blue dress. Just looking sad and dejected as she leaves Staring an down. island. Yeah. yeah. An island where she was hanging out with Harry Styles and his friends. Yeah. And she was leaving she alone. Got, she got booted. <laughs> she got booted off the island. Yeah. <laughs> she had to go. Which is too bad. But um, Taylor was able to write this amazing record using those brief but potent experiences. Yeah. Because, like we mentioned... A lot of the songs on this record are directly about Harry. Please tell me which songs. Yeah, you Refresh have. my memory. Yeah. There's I Wish You Would, I Know Places, which is all about the media making it hard to have a relationship. Yeah, you, have, you have to hide. Yeah. And All You Had to Do Was Stay, which again, they had sort of an on-again, off-again flirtation slash dating. Style was shamelessly no. about Harry Styles. <laughs> no, no, not yeah. style. <laughs> yeah, the James Dean look. Yeah, I think so. And his last I name think is so. his last name is Style. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and then you have Out of the Woods, which Harry Styles didn't actually care that the whole record was basically about their relationship. But nothing in that album was bad about him. I know it was actually a very it was a very mature Taylor. 
Because, like I said, it wasn't, like, about the raw feelings. It was more looking back, considering the whole thing, and admitting it didn't work out, but it, it was, was okay. It was still beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. So it was a nice record, and Harry was like, you know, she's really good, so they're good songs. <laughs> wise words from yeah. a wise man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So they'd both reached this place of maturity. But Out of the Woods is definitely the one that's most direct towards Harry. It has the most obvious lyrics. And, you know, the hidden message for the song is they loved each other recklessly. And the way Taylor describes this song is she was talking about it with the Rolling Stone cover story, and she's like, every day was a struggle. Forget making plans for life. We were just trying to make it to the next week. You know, for this album, she wanted the songs to capture how feelings felt. And so this one was all about that anxiety. And so this song... I mean, it is about Harry, but it's also about that general panic of being watched and scrutinized and having people waiting for you to fail. Yeah. Which is, I think, they both acknowledge was a problem in their relationship was that they were being watched, they were being scrutinized, and they just felt this insane pressure of people waiting for them to fall apart. And they did fall apart. (laughs) But but that's okay, because she came back. And so I think with this song, it took on a life of its own within the within the fandom and it started to become more of a generic like sensory experience about that panic rather than about Harry specifically because in December 2015 on New Year's Eve she released the music video for this and do you know why that is so important no (laughs) so the first time you ever really saw Harry and uh, Taylor's PDA was on a New Year's Eve kiss the year prior. Oh. Yeah. There's a photo that's, that's going on about it. So I feel like even with re- even within releasing this music video, she's still paying <laughs> she's homage still... to this relationship right. that she had. Yeah. Always the eye for the details. Yes. <laughs> but the music video was interesting. I love the song. I didn't like the music video. The music video was really interesting because you, she was the only one in it. And you were cutting from scene to scene to scene. You know, she starts at this on a beach. Mm-hmm. And I kind of paid homage to the fact that it was on a beach because she also, the last time she spent time with Harry, oh. was on a beach. Yeah. And she's wearing a blue and dress. And she's wearing a blue dress. Yeah. So it kind of, pay, you know, kind of ties that into it. But basically throughout the music video, she's being attacked by, like, trees and vines and wolves, and she's running, and she's going from, like, the mud to the snow to the water to fire. Yeah, Yeah. it's very... It's all over the place. Yeah, but people actually liked it. I mean, I didn't necessarily love it, but that's because I like the drama of, like, a storytelling... music video that's why I didn't like style Mm -hmm. I like wildest dreams you know there's that sumptuous imagery to it that I just didn't feel here but a lot of people were like this is such a striking visual like it really encapsulates the feelings of the song this like urgency to it and so I think people actually enjoyed it and the fans in general like thought it was so fun to read into all the symbolism there yeah I mean you also have the paper airplane necklace come up which is also in the style music video but in this one she rips it off and throws it away because taylor is gonna get herself out of the woods thank you very much thank you very much because the general 
thing I took away from the music video wasn't necessarily about Harry because there wasn't like a tall, dark, and handsome dude featured in the music video. Yeah, it was it's just, just her. Taylor facing off <laughs> a series of natural disasters. And so it began to feel more like Taylor in the media. You know, it was it was all about this scrutiny she feels, this attention she feels, this unfair assault she faces. And I think that's the theme of the song is the anxiety and it was literalized here in this landscape of terror she faced off against. Wow. So, well, I don't necessarily enjoy the music video myself. I can understand where she was coming from. You know, and it does wrap up very nicely the music video, which is great. You know, she found herself in all of these trials, but at the very end, she walks through them. Mm-hmm. She's in one piece, and yeah. she walks back onto the beach all the trees that were angry and trying to attack her and all the wolves that were trying to chase her, all the monsters, they faded back into the ground. Yeah. And then she walks up and she sees herself, clean version of herself, and it turns around to meet her. Yeah. And then the title card, she lost him, but she found herself, and somehow that was everything. Yeah. And that's just like, I think that's what Taylor felt like this era was about was like she was finally on top she'd finally made it she'd shaken off all the like hate all the defamation from the different media outlets and the general public and she was like she'd been alone she'd been true to herself and she'd become who she wanted to be and so I think she thought she'd made it but no she did not make it out of the woods we know that for a fact because she pops up dead in look what you made me same outfit in the same outfit like poor girl i know i think it's a perfect segue into reputation that maybe she didn't anticipate because i honestly think that when this when this song dropped like when this music video dropped end of 2015 she was on a high and she was like wow it's so much nicer to have the media on my side. Life can't get any better than this. <laughs> oh, I have my friends. I have my boyfriend. I have the media on leaving me alone. And and then it just, it crumbled. And I think that's what makes this song so important to look what you made me do. Because it sort of is like the the younger, innocent like <laughs> version of look what the you na- made me do. The naive. Yeah. It's the one who thinks like she'll get out of the woods because she's trying so hard and doing her best. And then Look What You Made Me Do takes that and it's like, you guys destroyed my spirit and you made me think, like, I can't ever win. And, and she, fair, can't she can't ever trust anybody. <laughs> yeah. And so I think it'd be good to go into the lyrics. I mean, yeah. I know you don't love the song, but... <laughs> okay, I didn't like the song when it first came out. Yeah. But as every Taylor Swift song does, <laughs> I played it over and over again and I started liking it. I remember when it came out, I was, like, in my shared apartment bedroom with my roommate who was trying to sleep, and I put in headphones (laughs) to listen to this, and I immediately, like, had to listen to it again and again and again, and I listened to it, like, 25 times in a row as I was falling asleep, and my roommate told me the next morning, she was like, I was shouting at you to turn your music off, like, it was so loud, Shelby. I hate this song now. Like, I never <laughs> want to hear it again. So I feel like I sacrificed so much for this song, you know? Yeah, you almost lost a roommate. Yeah. You almost lost a roommate. But I loved it then. I think the energy of the song is what captured me, and I think that's what Taylor <laughs> wanted, is that it felt, like, frantic. It, it had that, like, unsettled energy to it where you're like, 
are we out? Like, can we just get out? Like, why aren't we out yet? Can you just stop asking <laughs> yeah. me if we're out of the woods yet? Yeah. But I think... Um, Let's go into the lyrics yeah. because I think you have a lot more to say than I do. <laughs> I mean, what is interesting to note first off is that this is one of the tracks that she released her voice memo with. So you kind of got to look into her songwriting process. Yeah. And Out of the Woods was the first one she wrote two tracks. So it was already... A made-up song, and she put the lyrics in. And that's how pop music usually is yeah. made. It's usually right. you have a track, the music, the beat, and then the song's written. Yeah. But that's not how she traditionally not has written all. songs in the past. Yeah. She's usually written the song like a poem, and then put music to it right. afterwards. So this was totally different. Yeah, and it was interesting to hear her talk about it. She did the Grammy listening session back when people still loved her and recognized her glory. And she talked a lot about this song because she said she got the track and within an hour she'd sent back the voice memo we get on 1989 album, which is practically the finished product. Like, it sounds almost the exact same. And it's interesting because she talks about how easy it was to channel this story because the song sounded exactly how she felt in that relationship which I think is so fun and like it adds to what the story of the song is so do you want to read the lyrics or should I let me read the lyrics you stop me when you want to (laughs) okay I'm gonna be so annoying (laughs) looking at it now it all seems so simple we are lying on your couch I remember so this is like classic Taylor like a lot of people were worried with shake it off that Taylor had lost her her edge like she wouldn't be writing these sumptuous images or like the lyrics would be sacrificed for the sound and some people might argue that Out of the Woods proved that point but I think she does a good classic Taylor move here where she does plan us right in the memory like you know she gives us these immediate details so we know exactly where she is and what she's about to be talking about and I think you know if All Too Well was about the rawness of a heartbreak, the fact that she starts this with looking at it now, it proves that she's sort of at a place of acceptance and she's looking at it and just realizing she can take it for what it was rather than being sad for what it wasn't. Truth. (laughs) We were lying on your couch, I remember. You took a Polaroid of us. I obviously think that the whole Polaroid situation throughout her marketing and throughout Mm -hmm. her CD was maybe directly inspired from Harry. Oh, yeah. I mean, she, like, reinvigorated Polaroid sales (laughs) single-handedly. They were probably, like, thanking Harry (laughs) for taking a Polaroid of them when they were sitting on a couch. Yeah, he's the real MVP. Yeah, the real MVP. That's for sure. Then discovered, then discovered. (laughs) The rest of the world was black and white, but we were in screaming color. So this is a great line, I think. It's, It's a creative way to say, like, Everything else was just dull in comparison to, like, their energy together, their relationship. Like, that's what excited them. Everything else was just boring, not worth the time. Like, they just wanted to be with each other. Which happens a lot when you're in this new, exciting relationship. Yeah. You know, you you like this person so much that everything else is kind of a blur. Mm-hmm. You focus only on them, their likes, their needs, their desires. Yeah. And you know, that's, like, so many people can relate to that. Yeah, it's just a beautiful lyric, and it's made its way into many uh, Instagram captions. Yes. So <laughs> Taylor's still on top of her game. And we get into my favorite part <laughs> of the song, and I remember thinking, 
Are we out of the woods yet? 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 Are we in the clear 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 yet? Good. That was, that was a little too many, but... <laughs> no, but she, yeah. sings, she sings that 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 whole section that I just sang it is. another time. It is. It's a lot. And I think, like I was saying before, I think it just plays into this idea that she wanted you to feel how she felt. And she does, perfectly. Like, listen to how frustrated you are. So frustrated. <laughs> you're so, like, frazzled and, like, like you're off-put. like, waiting for her and to get like, out of the damn yeah. woods. <laughs> yeah. So you have that, like, frantic energy, like, at play in the song and it like puts you right there in the chaotic you know metaphorical forest of you're confused you're lost you're like when is this changing when do we get the where next verse like yeah. what's happening yes yes and then you do get to the second verse looking at it now last december last december we were built to fall apart then fall back together i back love that together. i love this line I, do too. I think it's really sweet because it's like another great way of just saying you know they were on again, off again. Mm-hmm. And it was like, help. they were helpless to it because they kept wanting to work. It was a difficult relationship, but they weren't, like, miserable in it. No, they weren't. I think they liked each other a lot. Yeah. It was just a, at a certain point in a relationship, you have to be like, we do have so much passion, we do like each other, but they have to come to terms with the fact that, like, they're just not good together. Yeah. Your necklace hanging from my neck that night, we couldn't quite forget. This is an important part of the song. It directly references the paper airplane necklace that she got from him. They wore their matching necklaces. And the night we couldn't quite forget, it seems like this. there's a sense of holding on to something. And even though it's like a fleeting, easy, happy moment, like that's your motivation to stay. And like that's something you feel in relationships like you were talking about. It's like you can't forget this good thing, so you're willing to put up with a slew of bad experiences. Yeah, like I was in a relationship where at the beginning everything was so great and Mm -hmm. everything was so great, I was on this high. But then when things were bad, I was on this low, but I kept on remembering how great it was and I you know, that kept me hanging on. Yeah. Because I knew how great it could be. Right. That's what I was <laughs> fighting for. You wanted that. Yeah. Because every now and then, it would peek through just like the yeah. sun and clouds. Yeah. That's what she was feeling, too. Yeah. <laughs> so I'd get her. Yeah. <laughs> when we decided, we decided to move the furniture so we could dance, baby, like we stood a chance. That's great. I, well, I really like about her songwriting, and I kind of, like, tie this into All Too Well, is that she loves those little moments in the relationship that are cute and endearing and they're not the public moments the private moments it's not like you're going out on the town on this big date and there's paparazzis everywhere she doesn't sing about that she sings about those private moments that like we don't see yeah two paper airplanes flying 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 so paper airplanes Uh they're disposable that's true. They're not they're not made to last. When they're in the air, they're fun, they're freeing, they look really cool. That's true. But then, you know, they're not made to last. Yeah. Kind of like the, you know, when you crumble the paper, like, yeah. all too well. Like, it's never going to be the same. Like, you're going to throw away a paper airplane. See, this song has some depth to it. Yeah, it does. <laughs> I, I feel like it does. I like the song. Now. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember thinking, are we out of the woods yet? <laughs> Are we in the clear yet? So, just we Good. can just cut this, because I think yes. the point is that you do get lost in these choruses, and yes. I think that makes it such a sensory song. And I also think it is on purpose, because 
this idea of are we out of the woods yet are we in the clear yet like these are like maybe not like technically medical but they're they're terms that are used in like prognoses like oh are we out of the woods yet are we in the clear are you clear like did you survive something and I think that was done on purpose by Taylor because she knew like this (laughs) this was a relationship where they weren't sure if they were gonna come out of it you know they were worried that it would just die and they'd be they'd be done so I think even though the course is repetitive like it's repeating this idea that means something it's not just empty you know words that fit it's a rhyme not scheme. a filler it's yeah. not a filler like she purposely like taylor does yeah put it in there for a reason <laughs> yeah but then she says remember when you hit- well wait because you have to admit that this is the best part of the song because you reach this like fever pitch and then this bridge happens and the it's like there's a hard stop right before it. Like, the air is just, like, knocked out of you. And then she's just singing this bridge so fast. Like, it just comes at you so hard. This does come very fast. hmm I won't say it as fast <laughs> yeah. as she sings it. Yeah. Remember when you hit the brakes too soon? 20 stitches in the hospital room. Yeah. So this is an important detail, and it's one she mentioned in a cover story. Like, before the album came out, she was talking about Out of the Woods. And she was like, listen... People think they know everything about my life. They think they know every detail. I put this detail in Out of the Woods about this snowmobile accident I got in with my boyfriend, and no one ever reported on it. And obviously it's about Harry Styles, who was sporting quite the cut on his chin. on his chin. So 20 stitches, maybe, because I think she put it in here, not only because she loves specific images, but also because... The public thinks they know everything, and she's putting them in their place to say, no, you don't. Yeah. And I think that makes the song, like, bigger than just their relationship, because it is acknowledging the fact that the media played a hand in how this relationship failed. And it's just, like, the hitting the brakes too soon is, like, one, literal, because they were in a snowmobile accident. But two, it's figurative, because it means, oh we've we stopped this relationship too soon we gave up too quickly like we quit before we like got to the good stuff when you started crying baby i did too but when the sun came out i was looking at you remember when we couldn't take the heat i walked out and said i'm setting you free but the monsters turned out to be just trees and when the sun came up you were looking at me so i love this whole series i think first of all it's great that there's like this division of fault like it's not just his fault it's not just her fault it's like it was him you me I us it's not clear who's to blame it just fell apart for different reasons again and again I love I walked out I said I'm setting you free because she takes ownership for this one like she's she's not playing the victim she's like I recognize that my fame and my baggage is like playing a role in this so if it's too much for you like fine you can you can go. I'm, she gave him I'm an letting out. you go. She broke up with him. Yeah. It, from, it sounds like she broke up with him, but because she thought that was for the best, maybe not particularly because she wanted right. to. And yeah. he didn't fight it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, it was a tough knew. place to be in. Like, you're 18 years old. Yeah. This is like one of your like first public relationships, and the media is hounding you. Your fans hate your girlfriend. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like she gave him an out. And he took it. Yeah. I I don't see any other way. Yeah. But I think this bridge, like, ends with you were looking at me. And I think it does speak to that he was just as sad. You know, he remembers it, too. Both of them knew that it was just, they weren't 
yeah to last yeah and i think the monsters turned out to be just trees is like obviously a metaphor and i think it speaks to this idea that the media and the public played such a huge role in their relationship and so here she's saying she realizes looking back now like they were just they they didn't matter they could have gotten out of the woods together yeah and and then it goes into an eternity of chorus yeah you were looking at me you were looking at me and then it goes into are we out of the woods yet but i think it's great because it is it feels inescapable like it's a minute long sensory overload you have the chorus lasting forever and ever you have are we out of the woods yet are we out of the woods yet but Taylor also, meanwhile, is screaming, like, I remember. And I think that is really emotive. Like, she talks over the chaos, and she's saying, like, I remember everything, and Homegirl does not forget. Like, you know, it ends with that big, good, like, that hard crash. And I think that just, like, perfectly captures this emotion that she's done. She thinks she, thinks she got out from the music video. We know she thinks she came out of it. And I think she thought this song was, like, the end-all, be-all on how she was going to play with the media in her relationships. But it didn't pan out. No, it did not. (laughs) So, obviously, the themes in this song include, like, the fragility of a relationship. And I think that's a theme that carries not only in Harry Styles and her relationship, but in her relationship in the media, in the general public, like, there is that same sense of, am I going to make it? Am I just going to fall again? Like, I remember in one magazine, I think it was NME, she feels like she has anxiety for a lot of reasons because it feels like everyone's waiting for her to mess up. And that's a sucky way to live for anyone. Like, no one deserves that. And, like, obviously, Taylor's doing well for herself, and she's admitted that there are things in her life she wouldn't trade, so she will deal with the paparazzi, she will deal with the hate, but at some point, like, enough is enough. (laughs) And I think, you know, that's the theme of this era, and I think that's why the Out of the Woods Taylor is such an important role so far in this new album. Because this was the Taylor who thought she'd made it out of the woods, she didn't, but, you know, yeah. I rose from the dead. I do it all the time. So um, she's still not giving tell up. You, <laughs> let me tell you what this means. Yeah. <laughs> I, can't, I can't wait for her next album. Yeah, I, I know. I can't wait for the songs. I'm excited to find out which what song, like, speaks to me and I which know. song I want to play over and over again. I know. The it's last album, it was Blank time. Space. Oh, really? The moment I listened to it, I, like, put it on repeat, put it on repeat, and lo and behold, yeah, it became a lot of other people's fav- it was, like, it's favorites a great too. Song, yeah. So I'm excited to see which ones we we vibe with. I know. So I think we're ready to get into a little tea. Yeah, I mean, it's getting a little hot out there. <laughs> yeah, and I think you know, for being so MIA, there's still been a lot of drama. Like you were saying, people can't find a happy place with Taylor. They can't even her own fans. Yeah, can't find a happy place with him. <laughs> People who don't know they're within our fandom. Yeah. There are different subcultures. We have the Swifties from Twitter. Mm-hmm. And we have the Swifties from Tumblr. And we have the Swifties from Instagram. Yeah. But then we have this clash between Twitter, Twitter Swifties Tumblr. and Tumblr Swifties. Yeah. Well, because Tumblr is where Taylor spends most of her time these days. She likes stuff on there. She doesn't like stuff on Twitter. Twitter fans feel like Tumblr fans rub it in their faces that Taylor likes them more, 
or Tumblr fans feel like you Twitter know. fans just complain, complain, complain. <laughs> yeah, and Twitter fans are like, why doesn't Taylor come and support us? We're the ones who are really in the trenches fighting for her. Like, why doesn't she come and acknowledge our pe- presence? People on on Tumblr, I don't see a lot of hate for Taylor oh, yeah, on Tumblr. Not. So it makes sense that Taylor wants to leave the ne- negativity behind, and she wants to spend time on a platform where people are boosting her up. But then you have Twitter where people who aren't fans are bashing Taylor. We had we had the terrible incident yeah. in Vegas this past week, which you broke my heart. Concerts are one of yeah. my favorite pastimes, so I, I can't even imagine. So she when she went on Twitter, she expressed her condolences, mm-hmm. and a lot of people gave her backlash. Yeah, they so weren't satisfied that they she were, didn't. They thought she should do more, yeah. and a lot of her Twitter Swifties were out there supporting her, yeah, trying to, like... You know, just defending her. And Mm -hmm. so I think that they thought that she should have been liking their posts, you know, showing them, like, thank you for being there. But she doesn't want to go on Twitter and get any kind of, like, like, be ridiculed for what she likes or she doesn't like. Twitter is a dark hole. Like, there's a lot going on on Twitter, but sometimes it's, like, a little too much of the bad side that maybe, you know, Taylor she's, has she's this unique... She's trying to avoid. Yeah. She's, she's seeing so much of the dark side. I'm, like, an observer of both. I feel too old to really invest in either. Like, I don't fit in. I don't. But, but I try. But I feel for them both, you know? I honestly think Taylor loves her fans no matter where they plant their flag. It's not about <laughs> the fans. It's yeah. about the platform yeah she's and using. I'm sure she's still as Taylor King and I think you know people need to give Taylor a break both the haters and the fans and just let her do her thing let her be Taylor yeah so one thing that we're doing right now which I'm kind of excited about is we're doing a uh, Swiftish giveaway yeah, and this is on Instagram. It's on the Instagram. Unsung heroes. Yes, the other, the the dark other side of the moon. Yeah. <laughs> so we're doing it on Instagram, and our Instagram handle is Swiftish Podcast. We'd love to give you some reputation merch. We're, we will be shipping internationally, so don't worry about that. But we're super excited. We're going to be live Instagramming the winner. Yeah. On the day she drops the album. It could be you. It could be you. <laughs> yeah, so get on there. And honestly, we've loved getting getting your feedback. So review us, like us, follow us. Rate us, hate us. Let us know what we could do yeah. better and what you want to hear yeah. from us. We'll interact with you on every single medium, every, you know? Yes. We will be so, what Taylor is not for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, I think next week we're obviously hoping for something new. My money's on Taylor doing something, whether that's teasing something, announcing something, dropping something, who knows, but maybe time. Maybe by the time this is released, yeah. there will be something new. <laughs> yeah, but if not, we'll have to go through another old favorite, so let us know which song you think we should revisit next. Um, but until then, I'm Shelby. And I'm Ashley. And Taylor, you need to get out of those woods. <laughs>